Welcome back, my friends. Today, we're going to talk about something that is very important to the church and something that our church really understands, and that is fellowship, uh, this uh, coming together in love in the name of Jesus to take care of one another and to love one another. And this is something, again, that I believe our church is very good at. And, and I've been in other churches, and a lot of churches are great at it. I've been in churches where they're okay with it. We're really good at it, just so you know. So we're talking today again about fellowship, and one of the sweetest benefits of the church is being able to belong to a family, and we're part of a family. We're part of the family of God. There's no better family. I know a lot of us come from great places, and some of us don't, but the family of God is the greatest family that we have, and we are part of that. There should be no better group to belong to than the family of God. We're talking about the church now. And it's made up of God's children. That's you and me. If you are listening to this and you're in Christ, you've given your life to Christ at some point in your life, and you're trying your best every day to live for Jesus. These are those who have heard the call of Jesus and responded to that call. The Bible is very clear that God pours out his love into his creation, and he restores us. He reconciles us to him. This is, this is what Jesus did on the cross. And he repairs the human heart and fills it with love and with purpose. And so today we'll discuss what it means to be part of the church and the blessings of part of a fellowship of believers. So my first point for you today is that we were strangers. The Bible states that we start out as strangers and drifters in this world. Today we're talking about Jews and Gentiles alike, able to come into the family of God through Jesus. And so we're saying that all people, regardless of past promises, or geographic, social, racial, uh, demographic considerations, all are welcomed into God's family. Scripture states that God desires that all come to Christ for salvation. Not some, like some teach, but all would come to Christ. In the book of Titus, in chapter 2, and verse 11, Paul said, For God has revealed his grace for the salvation of all people. The gift of becoming part of God's holy family and sharing in the gift of eternal life is available to anyone and everyone. Now, some would teach today that only some are chosen by God to be able to enter into the fellowship of his church. But I personally don't believe that this is what Scripture teaches. Joining with the family of God is a great privilege, and it brings many blessings to us. And we remember now that God did not wait for us to choose him and then enter into the fellowship of relationship, this, this loving relationship they have with other, that we have with other believers. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, Paul said, God did not choose us to suffer his anger, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us in order that we might live together with him, whether we are alive or dead when he comes. God initiated our ability to be saved and made alive together with Jesus. Now, before we knew Jesus, we were strangers to him. But he was never a stranger to us. Our hearts were still closed before we asked Jesus to enter into our hearts, to his presence and love. And Jesus bridged the gap 
between our humanity and God. God changes the status of those who are wandering and spiritually homeless, if you will. He reaches his hand down and scoops us up in the loving embrace of his love and mercy. And he takes us as we are, and this is a good lesson in itself, for us to take people as they are. He takes us as we are with all of our sin, and he showers us with his grace and his forgiveness. This is what we're supposed to do with other people. But how often have people in this life accepted us for who we are without judgment or expectations? I'm not sure this happens often enough. See, God calls us into his family and offers us the greatest of what he has to offer before we do anything to conform to his standards. Salvation is given to the sinner. And when the Holy Spirit ties the hearts of all believers to God and helps us understand his good, pleasing, and perfect will, this is what happens for our lives. My second point for you today is the ingredients of Christian fellowship. It is a primary purpose of the church to welcome those who are brought to Christ through witnessing and evangelism into the warm and loving relationship with other believers. This is what we do. In the Greek, fellowship means partnership, community, and communion. And each of these definitions carries with it the idea of intimacy. First, when we enter into God's family, which is the church, we enter into what should be a close-knit, others-loving community, where each member has interest in the needs of the others. There is participation in the lives of each other and a sharing of each heart's desires. Second, the fellowship of believers makes each person count. This fellowship of believers validates each life praise for each other's needs. It shares in the good and the bad times. It shares the love of God with each member. And this is not often enough the type of love and sense of importance that I think we get from some people in our lives. Many come from good homes, and that's great. They belonged. They are deeply cared for and protected. Many others, though, came from homes where they in come, I should say, present tense as well. They're coming into the church. We don't know what type of home setting they're coming from or if they're older, how they grew up. Many come from homes where they were mistreated, where love was defined in ways that are very different than how God defines love. I'm going to give you three scriptures. I don't know if you're taking notes. It would be nice if you are. Three scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians 13 3 through 8 talks about God's love. Romans 5 8 talks about the fact that God chose us before we could choose Him. God is love. And 1 John 3 16 is how we show love towards others, giving everything that we have, just like Jesus gave everything that He had for us. Now, these are expressions of what godly love is, with the greatest example coming from God Himself in John 3 16 loving us so much that he gave everything he had in Jesus so that you and I could not just be set free from sin, great, but have an intimate fellowship with God. Now, God's definition of love is the total giving of oneself for the loving, protecting, and building up of another. And this is what the church is equipped to do by God. So two questions really quickly now. Does the church fulfill this great purpose? 
Now I'm talking about the global church. Second question, does our church fulfill this great purpose? Now, I cannot speak for the worldwide church of Christ, God's global church, and certainly know that many local congregations live by God's example of love in their fellowship. We all know of other examples within churches where the agendas of sinful people seem to rule, and Christian fellowship really looks like cliques. And, and, and I was in a church, it was sad, I was in a church that had many cliques, and Karen and I had a really hard time fitting in because we're not clicky people and we didn't really fit into any of these little groups. There wasn't a church-wide fellowship like we're talking about today. And it is a sinful state. It produces damage to those who are seeking a community of love and acceptance. And third, Christian fellowship takes seriously the path of faith of each member. We are called to share one another's burdens, Romans 15 and verse 1. This means that we are to take the responsibility for helping other believers, especially those who are weaker in the faith, to grow in the faith. This means that we are to receive those who still have sin in their lives with love and mercy and fulfill the last part of the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. In verse 20, that last part is, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so people come to us in a state of sin. If they're just coming as a visitor, if they don't come to Christ yet, if they're trying to evaluate this faith walk of ours, they come in a position of sin. We're supposed to receive them. We're supposed to love them. And like Jesus said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is done with love. It's done with patience. It's done with a deep desire to see them become all that God has planned for them. Same for you and for me. Well, my last point for you today is the results of being in Christian fellowship. When the church takes seriously its purpose to bring others into fellowship, we fulfill the Great Commission. When the church takes seriously its purpose to bring others into fellowship, we share the love and the acceptance that we have from God with others who are his children. Now, we remember in this process that God loves everyone with the same intensity and sincerity and devotion. It's our sin he doesn't love. And so we too are to love one another, whether Christian or not, whether mature believer or baby believer, whether member of our church or a visitor to our church. When we fulfill this purpose, those who need to belong, they, they, they're looking for a family, they're looking for a home, those who need to be validated, those who need to be loved for who they are, they receive the love of the Creator who sent His Son to the cross for their salvation and our salvation. And so fellowship brings people of all races, of all creeds, of all nationalities, of all backgrounds, together for the common purpose of knowing and experiencing God's love, his presence, his power, and his purpose. Fellowship is what needs to make the church the place to find peace and purpose, to find God's love and real meaning in this life. Well, let's conclude. The church is called to bring people into fellowship. This includes the building of a community that is inviting and loving 
and accepting and mutually caring. Again, our church does this well. This is what Jesus did in this life on this earth when he was here walking and teaching and providing godly ministry to those who would pass it on to us now through the Bible. And we're called to be, and this is Ephesians 2.19, we're called to be citizens together with God's people and members of the family of God. Ephesians 2, verse 19. So feel welcomed in our church today. You matter to us because you matter to God. His love is your love. It's our mission and privilege to show that love in our deeds and in our words. And so I say to you listening, whether you're from our church or not, if you're listening to this podcast from somewhere else, you still are a part of the fellowship of our church if you sit here in Christ listening to this because the church is not just a group of people in a certain building. The church is a worldwide group of followers of Christ. And so welcome to the fellowship, first of our church, Trinity United Church, and welcome to the fellowship of God's family. Well, there you have it, fellowship, a big part of what it means to be a Christian, a big part of what it means to be the church. So it is really hot outside. It's really hot outside. I don't like it. And I hope that you're staying cool, and I hope that you're staying safe, and I hope that you're still making safe decisions. I'm watching more and more people not socially distancing. I'm watching more and more people not wearing masks, and it's bothering me because this nasty virus is still out there. But you know what? God's bigger than the virus, and he has a plan. He has a purpose, even for this virus. He has a plan and a purpose for it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message today. We thank you, Lord, that you provide us such love, such grace and mercy, and such fellowship that we would become one in Christ, one, all of the members of your church, seeking to bless one another in your name, seeking to love one another in your name and by your power, to provide needs for one another, to share burdens. It's all done for you. It's all done by you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that we can call ourselves your children, those of us who have received you into our hearts, who have asked you to forgive us of our sins. We can call you Father. We can call you your children. We can look forward to the hope we have one day of being with you in heaven for eternity. And Lord, we thank you that we're just a few weeks away from being able to gather again. It's been a long time, it seems. And so, Lord, we give to you this day we give to you our hearts and our minds. We give to you our intentions. And Lord, we ask that you would bless us and help us to be a blessing to others through you. And we ask all of these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, my friends. Until next time, let me know if you need anything. Let Sandy know if you need anything. We're here for you. Take care. Bye-bye.